0: and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today on Farmer Friday. I'm Darren Hefty.
1: And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, it's Farmer Friday. Our phone lines are going to be open all throughout the show. We'd love to take your phone call, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. Or you can send us an email, radio at agphd.com. And you can also find us on Twitter, agphdmedia, Darren Hefty, or Brian Hefty. All right, so on a Farmer Friday, I I just want to throw this out to start with. Uh, I am, I'm not going to say overly concerned beyond any other spring, but safety has always got to be number one. And what I worry about a little bit, there are a lot of areas that have had delayed planting. And so what's the tendency when you've had delayed planting? You say, I've got to hurry and get the crop in. So when we were growing up on the farm, that was always our dad's biggest fear is whenever you say the word hurry, that should not mean that you go past any of our safety protocols. So he'd always say a couple of things. One, you always have time for safety. Two, you always have time for maintenance. If you don't take care of the maintenance, you don't fix the little things when they're still little things. All of a sudden, they become great big expenses on the farm. So we just encourage you today, just take a deep breath. I'm sure you're going to get your work done, but just make sure you're being safe and you're checking over your equipment, getting the regular routine maintenance done as you go. All right, let's get into the AGPHD PhD mailbag.
0: It's the mailbag! First question comes in from Stan. He said, we changed our plans this year and now we have some extra metribuzin on hand. I'm wondering, what are the differences between metribuzin and atrazine for post-emerge applications in corn?
1: Uh, you can't use metri- metribuzin post-emerge in any crop. Don't do it. That's our advice. Now, Could you potentially use a tiny rate? Sure. There are are things labeled in crops that we just don't really like. And we would just tell you, save that metribuzin for the future. Just use it in your soybeans or some other crop where it can be used safely pre-emerge and go that direction rather than trying any on corn.
0: Alright, uh, thank you for the question. Next one comes in from Brandon. He said, I'm wondering what do you guys believe the best way is to determine planting conditions in terms of soil moisture when it's fit to go? The reason I'm asking is we had a neighbor do some digging today, which is the first in our area, yet two and a half inches down he can still smear the soil. Also, we still have some dry manure to spread this spring. Wondering how dry the soil should be before making it uh,
1: really compacted out there. Yep. So, This is central Minnesota, by the way. Thank you. So this is one of the biggest challenges that we all have as farmers. We don't farm in perfect conditions, and we're always playing this weather game when we farm here in the northern United States or let's say it's southern Canada. It's a little different than some other areas. Let's say you're in the southern United States. You maybe have a little bit more flexibility on this, but for all of us as farmers, we know that if we're timely with our jobs, we typically get higher yields and we make more money. So, that pressure comes when you say, Ooh, if I look at how many days it's going to take me to plant, and by the time, if I start now, by the time I finish, I'm going to butt up against the last good day for planting, or maybe it's the last day for crop insurance or whatever else, then the tendency is, you know what, I'm going to push it a little bit. So, the reason why I'm bringing this up is my judgment's going to be a lot different on April 15th as opposed to May 15th. When it's April 15th, I'm always going to tell you, at least in our geography here, don't mud the crop in. Don't, don't, just don't do it. But I'll tell you what, if it gets to May 15th and we're at that point, and especially with the way commodity prices are, where I say, well, first of all, I don't like to take prevent plant, but it's out there as an option for people. But with the way commodity prices are today, and when you look at the difference between putting the crop in the ground and not, well, I'm going to take my chances. Okay, so what we look at is usually just the, the, a simple test of you pick the soil up and you try to, uh, let's see, how can I say this? Uh, you smash it with your thumb through your hand. Uh, I don't know, what, what do they call that, Darren? But anyway, you just... Try and make a ribbon with it. Yeah, thank you. Between your thumb yep, and, yep. and... Yeah, is it going to make it. a ribbon and, and go way out or is it just crumbling in your hand? If it's crumbling in your hand, then you're definitely good to go. But... I'd also say this, we have varying soil types and you may have that too. So that's why you want to check different fields and different areas and fields. Darren and I were just out doing some filming, for example, in a field where there's a stark contrast where we've got low river bottom ground. And in the same field, we have a lot of slope going into a hill uh, and a little bit lighter soil. Well, all that other stuff, Darren was kicking the dirt around. And he's like, oh man, this is great. And I said, yeah, it is. Now look down there. And in the river bottom, it doesn't look so nice. So could we do parts of fields? Absolutely. And I know it stinks to do parts of fields. Believe me, we've been trying to combine our fields. We have bigger fields, so it's easier to do these things. But we're just, um, we we just in some cases feel like, okay, we're better off to just do part fields rather than mud something in on the whole field. But, Uh, soon we'd even be willing to mud stuff in because the date's getting late. As far as spreading the fertilizer, you know, that's a, that's a real judgment call too. When you, when you can go wide with anything, I don't care if it's a sprayer, fertilizer spreader, whatever. So you only make a couple of tracks and you're spreading something really wide How many total tracks have you made in the whole field? Not a lot. And so here again, judgment call. So we might push it a little more with something like that than planting. But either way, yeah, we don't like compaction. We don't like mudding stuff in.
0: All right. Thanks for the the question. Got a couple questions here from John up in Quebec, and we'll take the first one here before the break, and we'll maybe catch the second one right after. He said, we're new to strip tilling. We want to freshen up our strips that were made last fall. In your experience, if we're going to plant corn at an inch and three quarters to two inches deep, how deep should we go freshening up those strips?
1: You want to try to stay as shallow as you can. What ends up happening is if let's say you were going four inches deep, now you've loosened it too much and you've also maybe brought up some mud. So we're going to try to stay no deeper than as deep as we're running with the planter. And I would say I, I don't like inch and three quarters to two inches. My favorite is two inches to two and a quarter. But, you know, obviously you do whatever you want.
0: Yeah, thanks for that question, John. We'll get to your other question right after this short break because it is farmer Friday. That means it's all about you. It's all about you and your questions. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. If you have an agronomic question or you can email us radio at agphd.com. We'll be right back.
2: What's new from New Farm? Longbow EC Herbicide, the latest in our portfolio of versatile weed management tools, gives you another Carfentrazone option, taking aim at more than 60 broadleaf weed species. And did we mention economical? Longbow EC's low use rate makes it a flexible tank mix partner with most burned down non-selective herbicides. Ask your dealer for Longbow EC, available for fall.
3: Maintaining your crops is as important now as it's ever been. Howler, a revolutionary fungicide from AgBiome, can help. It provides long-lasting protection from a broad spectrum of foliar and soil diseases that affect crops. Howler is OMRI-listed, has multiple modes of action, and has minimal pre-harvest and re-entry intervals. It's flexible, easy to use, and is available right now. Visit agbiome.com forward slash Howler to learn more. Compromise is nice, if you're at the playground or scouring yard sales. But farmers know better that middle grounds have no winner. That's why there's Revitec fungicide. Fast-acting and long-lasting, preventative and curative, disease control and stress reduction. So leave the settling to little Tommy at the seesaw, an old bargain bill. And take your full prize in yields with ReviTech fungicide for uncompromised performance. Always read and follow label directions.
0: It's Farmer Friday and Ag PhD Radio taking your calls and agronomic questions here in the Morton studio at 844-44-AG-PHD.
1: Hey, right before the break, we took that question from John up in Quebec about how deep you run with your coulters freshening up the strip in the spring. And I said, I, I, I. A lot of times we won't run deeper than what we want to plant. I'm not saying you can't or shouldn't. but what we worry about is mud and bringing up mud and then having stuff too loose when we're going to plant. So many times we have gone out there, let's call it a week in advance. If you're going to be a week in advance, I don't have as many reservations about going a little deeper. If you're going to do it an hour in advance, that's more where it concerns me because I just want to make sure we've got something relatively firm below where we're planting that seed. So anyway, just want to make that clarification.
0: All right, one other question that John had. Uh, he said, Guys, I knew three pre chemicals for soybeans. Do you want them all at the full rate? And if we're adding Roundup in there for a burn down, will Roundup be antagonized where I need to increase the rate of Roundup?
1: Roundup will typically not be antagonized, or if it is, it's very, very little. Do you need to run the full rate of all three? It all depends on your situation. So, I, Metribuzin full rate is different depending on your soil pH. So I'm I'm going to run a higher rate and I'm going to suggest a higher rate if your pH is low versus if it's high. With Prowl, we actually sometimes, Prowl or Trifluralin, um, we look at, okay, are we going to cut back? The trifluralin I'm going to cut back if I'm worried about carryover, so that's why we typically use one 1.5 pints rather than 2 pints. With the Prowl, some guys just don't want to spend that much money, and they go, you know what, I'm going to bump my rate of metribuzin, and I'm going to bump my rate of PPO so I don't have to spend as much on Prowl because these other two are better on my my particular weed problem anyway. So I'm just trying to say it really kind of does depend on your situation. The one you would really don't want to cut back on for sure is that PPO authority or Valor don't get too low on your rate. But here again, with Valor, you can run three ounces, you can run two ounces in the spring. A lot of people just do two. Can you go three? You certainly can, but now you have more risk for splash up if you're spraying it after you're planting in conventional Soybeans, so or conventional tilled soybeans. So anyway, yeah. If you got a specific question, let us know.
0: All right, we always have some specific questions for our friend Tony Wendler with Farm Shop MFG down in Iowa. Tony, uh, how's it going down there? Are guys, rolling with planters? Or are you guys about wrapped up?
4: <laughs> Not uh, near wrapped up, to tell you the truth. I uh, I came around one way, had to go to town, and I checked a couple of my fields, and I'm thinking maybe tomorrow afternoon. And I'm coming around the other way, and I'm sitting right here at the edge of the road and i'm looking at uh, two planters going and a field cultivator
0: huh
4: the uh, guys are so antsy in a drier pocket there
0: well maybe maybe it's a little bit drier maybe it's gonna go i know uh, uh we've, we've had a lot of farmers that we've talked to here the last couple of days that have been just really antsy to get going just itching i've got everything ready I, I just need a little bit of sunshine and we'll get out there so what i guess what do you see tony what's on top of your mind today
4: Oh, the uh, been uh, talking a lot with people on uh, with the the variable conditions, especially the moist conditions, about closing their furrows. And uh, so we've been talking about the uh, the germinators and the nylon six a little bit. Uh, it's a new product we've got this year, as opposed to the steel that uh, perhaps if they're out there in wetter soils, it's not going to stick quite as much to that. Um, so. Lots of conversations on that. Had a, uh, had a real nice comment from a uh, farmer in North Carolina that uh, say, he wrapped up his first round, uh, was very impressed with the firmness of the seed zone and then the softness of the soil above, and said by far it's the best furrow he's ever uh, planted, period. So I thought that was a very nice compliment from him.
0: You know, when you talk about that best furrow, I, I think it's really important how we do our digging in the field. And I, I, I see so many farmers, Tony, digging right down the row and just kind of looking at, can I find a seed? Can I find a seed? Rather than digging across the row and really getting an eye on what that furrow looks like. And, and like you mentioned, just how firm you can get uh, right around the seed and get some, some nice seed to soil contact there, yet not having sidewall compaction and those types of things which is, it's always been a nice feature with the, the germinator closing wheels. Talk to us about that a little bit. Is that how you're doing it? Are you digging kind of crossways across that furrow so you can, can see
4: more? I'm very much like, like what you're thinking, but I've, I've gone to a pattern of, I dig a hole right in the row, like eight to 10 inches deep with a shovel, use it to get rid of my dirt. And I will dig out that whole row tunneling down the row. And I'm looking just like what you're saying, I'm looking at my sidewall. Uh, Are they uh, destroyed? I see any remnants of it that uh, maybe looks a little bit... uh, uh, I've got a sidewall smear there. Have I destroyed it? Uh, I'm looking at the firmness of that seed zone. And uh, then if I'm digging along, doing it right, I'll find a seed periodically. So I'm more focused on uh, looking initially is what am I doing to uh, close that furrow? All air pockets gone, so I'm tunneling down. If i got an air pocket, I'm kind of looking at what's happening there. The, uh, and when I find a seed, I really like to find it encased in soil. And I've, I've dug below it and above it, and I want to find a firm zone right there. I'll stick my digger in, and I want it to stick straight back at me. And uh, if I stick it above it, I want it to flip down. So that's telling me I've got loose soil above, I'm firm in the seed zone, and I've destroyed everything around and and I understand exactly what you're saying, going across uh, the but I'll dig down a couple foot a row, and uh, I use the hole to get rid of the dirt. just makes it easy to. Keep breaking the dirt
0: back. Yeah, and I'd say this for all everybody listening today, do more digging this year. I challenge you, do more digging on your farm and try it in some different ways to see what you can learn. If you can identify these problems, especially right now as you're still planting as much of the Midwest anyway is still planting or, or even for the guys further south that are going to have a double crop coming up. Man, it's, it's the best way to, to solve problems, and then the rest of the crap you put in this year is that much better. Hey, Tony, uh, we could talk all day, but really appreciate having you on. Let's get back to it. Thank you so much.
4: Okay. Thanks. Have
0: a- oh, oh, dang. Then I cut Tony off. Sorry about that, Tony. Uh, okay, let's head down to Missouri. I got Jeff on with us right now with the soybean herbicide question. Jeff, how are you doing?
5: Yes, I'm uh, doing okay. Um, so last fall we put on um, Autumn Super along with 2 uh, d and Roundup on um, my question specifically on soybeans, but we use it on soybean ground. And then, um, so there's really no weeds out there yet. Um, I'm sure next week when it gets warm, you know, water has start breaking through. But um, is it safe to use the three pre's, like three ounces and then five ounces of glory and, uh, you know, um, pint and a half of uh, prowl? Yes. You know, even though there's no weeds and all
1: that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be safe for that. I, I guess I will just tell you, though, we're not real big fans of Autumn Super because you got a couple ALS herbicides in there that can damaged soybeans, even planted the following spring. I'm, your odds are not super high that there's going to be a problem, but it just always worries us a little bit. Now, granted, you're from Missouri, so you're way warmer than us, and typically you have a lot more rain than us, so hopefully it all works out. But I'm just curious, why did you add the autumn super? What were you trying to control? I
5: just kind of hold back a little bit, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't
1: so, know. Well, okay, So what, what are your worst, just tell me, what are your worst weeds?
5: Water hemp. Well, you know, uh, in the summer, water hemp, and then the uh, spring, it would be, uh, well, it'd be in bed in
1: Okay, and, yep, and, I love
0: I love the fall applications. I love the idea of that, especially the weeds you described, Jeff. So I think you're on the right track here about your well, timing about getting those fall applications out there.
1: Yes, but where I'm going, Darren, is wh- why are we spending the money on the autumn super? The only thing it's going to help you on is henbit, because autumn super, being an ALS herbicide, won't kill water hemp and it won't kill mare's tail. So if there's something else you're getting, then I I understand. But I mean, one of our biggest things that we always... always talk about here in the show it's not just spending money it's spending money on the things that are going to make us the most money and so I even uh, our our call screener had just said you were gonna get maybe ask about Zidua Pro as well and that's why I was curious what your weed spectrum was so Zidua Pro has sharpen at just one ounce that gives you almost no residual (laughs) pursuit that won't kill your water hemp or marestail and then Zidua that's a group 15 and the Zidua is fine but the sharpen won't give you enough residual and the pursuit won't kill your target weeds so I'm just trying to say that's why we like the three pre thing and in the fall i like your roundup 24d thing i just don't know if it's necessary for you to spend the money on the autumn super so uh hey jeff we got to get running but if you've got any other questions for us you can certainly hang on through the break stay tuned we'll be right back
3: Help keep the toughest, most resistant diseases out of your fields with Lucento Fungicide from FMC. An exclusive novel premix of two modes of action delivers broad-spectrum control and a long-lasting protective residual. Tackle key diseases in corn, soybeans, wheat, peanuts, and sugar beets. Choose Lucento Fungicide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or lucinto.ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions
0: for use.
3: Find a retailer at
1: agroliquid.com. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio on a Farmer Friday. I'm Brian Hefty along with my brother Darren. We're live in the Morton studio. If you've got a question for us, just give us a call here, 844 44 AGPHD. So during the break, Darren goes. Brian, you were really giving Jeff a hard time. I go, I didn't think I was giving him a hard time. I just, I was just curious why why he was using the products I, he was using. And I what think is, what he happened here is what happens.
0: Brian is farmers <laughs> get recommendations from agronomists and. That's that's where the question needs to be is, okay, Mr. Agronomist, why are you recommending this product to me? And what specific modes of action are going to address my weed control issues? And if we look at it that way, I think it's a great question of, hey, bring this back to your agronomist. What weeds are you after? And this mode of action is not going to get them.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> I'm bringing Jeff back on here, and, and just, Jeff, I just want you to know, I certainly wasn't trying to give you a hard time or anything. I'm just trying to help you and understand what your issue is. Plus, so hopefully plus Brian's can...
0: extra passionate about herbicides and, and modes of action, which ones are going to work. It's one of the most favorite things he has to talk
1: about. Well, I'm also passionate about trying to save money, because I hate wasting money. It, dr- it just drives me crazy when we do that on our own farm, so I'm just trying to figure out, okay, what's the best thing for you at the least amount? of money costing the least amount of money that will uh that will work for you in your situation so anyway jeff uh i understand uh so does that explain that or anything else you have with that or do you have another question
5: well um so with the program we used last fall there's no worries with using digital pro this spring then I only have 10 gallons, so it's not a lot. But,
1: uh, yeah, well, okay, so when you ask about the Zidual Pro, so I, I said a little bit earlier you could go yeah. with the 3-pre thing, which would be like a yellow, mm-hmm. metribuzin, yeah. and a PPO. Mm-hmm. I don't love having Zidua Pro. Number one, I don't think it's your best choice for your weed spectrum, but the more important thing is you're, you've got Pursuit, and you got a full rate of Pursuit in there. So, okay. you, you did this ALS in the fall. That's one thing. It's already kind of pushing it for, for soybean injury. It's probably going to be just fine, but... Personally, I don't want to overload that plant with more ALS now. Mm. So if it's me, okay. I, I, I would – so let's just say, for example, you have the Zidual Pro and you have 10 gallons. I'd let it sit for another year. I'm serious and I I just say okay this fall wherever I want to put this Zidua Pro the next next spring Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure I don't use Autumn Super at least on those acres so I don't have to run any risk of hurting my crop because this is one other big thing that I am passionate about as Darren's talking about uh, is I don't want somebody to use something that then injures their crop and I just worry that it's going to be an overload of an ALS
5: Is there any thing that we residual type thing that we should add in the fall with our roundup in 240 instead of autumn super in your opinion for yes a end. lot
1: yep a lot of people will use valor and okay. you're going to spend similar money and you'll get good residual you have no risk to go to soybeans and even if you decide you know what i think i want to plant corn you the valor isn't it, it's it, it, there's almost zero chance it's going to hurt the corn either so that's mm-hmm. that's usually the product that we recommend instead of autumn super and and like i was saying it it it's going to be much better on your weed spectrum and it's still going to be good on the hen bit but it's going to have a lot more activity for you on the mare's tail and especially on that water hem okay all right okay. well we'll give that a whirl. Thank well thank you you bet appreciate it thanks for the call
0: all right, let's, uh, let's get Charles on here down in Kansas. Charles, how's it going down there?
7: Oh, we're doing good. We just got a nice rain, so that's uh, brightening everybody's uh, future right now.
0: Outstanding. All right, so how are you coming on your farm? Have you got crop yet to put in the ground?
7: Uh, we uh, actually haven't even got started yet. Uh, it's uh, the way this weather's been. It's been uh, pretty dry across the state. has been pretty interesting. We've got the east third that's been so wet they can't get started. And uh, and the western two-thirds is so dry guys are getting their irrigation ground in but dry land i think they're after we get this rain think things are going to start moving here pretty quick next week
0: absolutely yeah well that's we were really dry coming into this spring too and now we've got some moisture i feel a lot better so i can can imagine how you guys feel too (laughs) so what's going to go in first when you when you say okay we don't get to plant until whatever second week of may no big deal what what's going to go in the ground first
7: well, I think right now we're looking at uh, we're probably going to be uh, hitting some of the. It's going to be kind of a mixed bag on wherever our our fields are ready because uh, we've been running no till for several years, and uh, it's going to depend on which fields are up. So, but unfortunately, the way this is uh, panning out, we're going to be looking at uh, sorghum and soybeans here pretty simultaneously. It's going to kind of depend on the field and and where we're at.
0: Yeah, I was talking to a, a local uh, media guy and he he just asked me if you had one word to describe what next week looks like and I said insane and he said what are you talking about? I said we want everything planted right now. We just we need it all on the ground. We don't even care which one is ready first.
7: Exactly. I know I was talking to my boy and the question came up on how fast can we change plates uh, depending on where we need to be at what time. So uh, we'll it it will it will be insane and and everybody will be uh, on the mark and like you said earlier uh, we're going to be hurry 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 but uh, uh, we do have those safety protocols in
0: place too. You bet you bet. Well, we've had plenty of time to get stuff in place. Uh, are are you all set? I mean, have you got all the supplies and everything else? Or there's still some things you're waiting on?
7: We still got some things we're waiting on. We got some chemical we're waiting to see come in. Uh, uh, fertility, I think we're sitting pretty good on it. So. Um, other than that, uh, I know we have a spray broke down we're going to work on this weekend, but uh, other than that, uh, we should be up and ready to to roll here pretty hard as soon as Mother Nature gives us that that window of opportunity.
0: Outstanding. Well, and the other good thing this year, and you mentioned it's going to be sorghum and soybeans uh, all at once here, we got good market prices for just about everything. So did you change acres around on one of those crops or you say, ah, we're going to go a little heavier on one or the other, or are you kind of going with a, a relatively normal mix?
7: We usually stay with the normal mix. The one thing we do flip around is uh, corn and sorghum and uh, the way the year was panning out and and looking uh, not so much on the fertility aspect of it, but it just looked like the Milo was going to be a better fit into the rotation this year. I got a couple landlords that still, uh, they still want their corn in. It's going to be late. We're changing some varieties here real quick, but uh, uh, he may change his mind too. So, um, We always have that that we have to work with with them.
0: Well, I just think of this, too, that as dry as you guys have been, that sorghum looks like a pretty smart choice this year.
7: Uh, I I think so. I mean, when we, uh, you know, we left October with our last rain and just now got one here a couple weeks ago, a nice little shower, I guess, and then this uh, two inches we got this week is really kind of changing things. And when you look at how much uh, moisture you need for sorghum versus corn, yeah, I think that might be the best bet. but. I'll let you guys be the first one to call me a liar if it turns <laughs> out we have a bumper crop corn out
0: here. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I am I think it's all going to be bumper crops, Charles, so I'm, I'm good with you on that. It, I think they're all going to work out, but I don't know. If I am a little on the dry side or I'm worried about dry sorghum and soybean, sounds like a pretty darn good rotation.
7: Yeah, wheat is one that just really surprised me right now. I mean, out west, we've got some uh you know some very marginal uh if not wheat already gone but until that combine runs through we don't really know what the harvest is going to be uh i did have one guy send a picture to me that said it will be a bumper crop this year on wheat and he was right it was just as high as his lower bumper so peter uh, <laughs> will be on the ground and i appreciate his uh a good attitude towards it
0: hey one last question for you since you mentioned landlords and i think about this because a lot of times people say well what do you, how do you deal with landlords on a year where you have really good market prices but you also have input prices just astronomically high it sounds like you're gonna have to have some pretty long conversations on some of those talks
7: we do and fortunately we have a very uh, we have a couple of really good landlords that are on there uh, we are fortunate we cash rent ours on there but uh, we always bring them into the loop if uh You know, they see the big prices and they say, "Hey, you guys are making a killing this year." And I'm I'm not opposed to showing them the opening the books and showing them what they are. Always give them the choice to uh, uh, to go third, two thirds if they would like to pay some of the bill. And uh, you know, it's just that conversation you have to have, and um, um, it's hard for all of us. And uh, there's always someone that has something better, but uh, it's good relationships with them and keeping them in the loop and. Getting them out there on the combine or getting them out there in the field with you for so that the better understanding that if you can get them out there.
0: No doubt about it. Great tips there. We're talking to Charles down in Kansas. All right, you're a busy man. You got a lot of stuff to do, so I'm gonna let you run. But thank you so much, Charles. Really appreciate having you on.
7: You bet. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it.
0: It's Farmer Friday here on Ag PhD Radio and we are taking your calls and agronomic questions. If you have uh question about hey i'm changing some things up or my timing's a little off what would you guys do we'd love to give you an opinion here it's 844-44-AG-PHD or if you want to just talk about what's happening on your farm that's pretty interesting to everybody listening out there we'd love to hear from you as well stay tuned we'll be right back
3: Whether or not, relentless control is what you get with Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Protect your season from tough broadleaf weeds and grasses with dual modes of action and overlapping residuals that also minimize resistance. With an easy to tank mix formulation and wide application window, Anthem Max Herbicide is ready when you are. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. It's planting season, race against the clock season, mistakes can't happen season, and no one helps you face it all like John Deere. Putting technology in your hands that gets you in and out of the field faster, that makes your spacing and depth more accurate, and that gives you the confidence that this season will be your best season. See what
0: you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gainground. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more, and don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day.
2: Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions.
8: Hi, I'm Greg Sauter with 360 Yield Center. Getting more nitrates into the corn plant drives yields higher. When and where you place your nitrogen makes a big difference in packing nitrates into the ear. 360 wide drop places in right over the roots. It's the most efficient way to move nitrates into the plant for better tip fill and heavier kernels. Convert your side dress bar to 360 wide drop. Learn more at 360yieldcenter.com.
0: It's Farmer Friday and Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Our phone lines are open at 844. 44 AG PhD and patiently waiting on those phone lines is Zane in Wisconsin Zane thanks for joining us uh, what's happening on your farm oh not too much yet everything's
9: pretty wet yet I'm looking to haul some manure yet but I don't want to compact anything so been kind of holding off here a little bit yeah
0: you know, we had a question come in earlier about that what what is your cutoff on Windy haul manure, how do you decide it's it's dry enough, it's it's still too wet? Because uh, you really don't want to make a mess out there. It's almost impossible to completely fix it.
9: Well, for me, I just go out there, grab a handful of cell, pack it together, bounce into my hand. It crumbles apart. It's good to go. If it stays together in a glob, well, then it's too wet yet.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of art to this farming thing, that's for <laughs> sure. There's no everybody's got their own their own method. My dad looked at how many square inches his shoe had and how many pounds per square inch he was putting out. And then how many pounds per square inches uh or the, the tractor would put out and so forth. I'm like, that sounds like a <laughs> lot of math, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, I see for
9: me a clay and I got a lot of heavy clay right around my buildings and stuff and on my land, and that's the easiest way to do it. Sure. It's just to go out and make a mud ball, and if the ball breaks apart, then it's usually not a problem because, sure. you know, the tillage ain't going to compact, and we go through with the fuel cultivators or whatever. It's not going
0: to
9: press and compact all the oxygen out.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it's yeah. been it's been cold, too, in, additional, in addition to wet, and it sounds like we had some warmer weather coming through. How many days do you think you'll be in and, and guys in your area will be rolling?
9: Uh. Seen over west of me, about ten miles west of me, I've seen some planters going today, but they have a lighter soil. It's more of a sandy or loam over that way. But my immediate area, I would say probably another four or five days before, because there's still even more tile lines are ran. You got a little bit of any kind of tracks or didn't do no fall tillage. There's still some water sitting out in those tracks yet. You
0: bet but yeah okay so okay. four or five days that puts us out to uh I'll say around the 10th of may what goes in the ground first for you well most most years i pick corn in first so that's how i
9: usually do most years but uh this year i'm probably gonna end up putting some because uh, just because where the land is gonna be sooner ready sooner anything I'm putting in some forage oats this year give that a try for my beef animals Oh. So that's probably what's gonna go on first this
0: year. Sure, sure. Okay, let me ask so, you a question on this, because we get we get some questions on oats from time to time. How many pounds are you putting out there or how many bushels are you putting out there? I guess what's your strategy for seeding that?
9: Well, I usually go about hundred pounds to the acre. So they they recommend like two bags to the acre or fifty pound bags and and uh, that seems to work out pretty good to me.
0: Sure. Sure. And how do you see it? Are you using a drill or are you broadcast spreading and, and tilling it in? What do you like to do?
9: Nope. I, I just run in it with a drill, double disc opener drill. And I run a color back behind. So. Yep, yep it's 50 year old technology but it, it works
0: for me. <laughs> <laughs> well it still works so yeah no doubt about that well awesome uh so this year uh i guess you got some forage oats going in and you mentioned for the cattle uh how are the cattle faring through this spring has it been uh been a tough deal with the mud or you got to get a setup where that isn't a big challenge uh
9: so i got uh set up It was well, not too much of a challenge i got a pretty good concrete lot that i can let them go on and I got all the manure piled up, got it scraped up here about a week or so ago and got it piled up. And so hasn't been too bad at all this year.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, it's it's been a little bit muddy out there, to say the least, for for a lot of guys. Yeah. So, yeah, glad you're cruising along. Well, four or five days is going to go fast. So good luck to you, Zane, as you get going and uh, hope you have a great crop this year. All right. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Let's head over to Michigan. We got Gordon on with us right now. Gordon, how are you doing today?
10: Yeah, good afternoon, Darren. Doing all right.
0: Sounds like wheat spraying is is what's on your mind. So what what are you thinking?
10: I would have, <clears throat> I would have liked to have it done sooner, but we've, we've been too wet like a lot of folks. But it looks like next week we'll be able to go. Um, I want to apply uh, Harmony Extra along with PowerFlex. I've never uh, used PowerFlex before, but I do have some grasses I want to go after. Then I'd also like to add Palisade to it if I could. And there again, that's another practice I've never done. So I, thought so I would check with you guys see if you have any experience with that.
1: Uh, Gordon, no, we haven't done that specifically. I'd just say, is it possible to tank mix Palisade with Harmony Extra and Powerflex? Probably. What we worry about, Palisade's a growth regulator. So we're, we're putting that in, and I'm saying this for the rest of our listeners. You obviously know what you're doing here with the Palisade. But we, we put the Palisade in to keep the plant a little bit shorter, so hopefully we have less lodging issues. Well, pa- Palisade's a growth regulator. So the big thing is we want to try to avoid other growth regulators with it. So we don't want to have any 2,4-D, dicamba, or anything like that in that same chemical family. Uh, Power Flex and Harmony Extra are not in that. Uh, so, I like I say, I haven't done that. We haven't done that specifically, I guess, for any of our listeners. If anybody wants to call in or email us, and then maybe we can uh, can shoot you back, Gordon, and let you know uh, what, what else we find out. But I, I don't think you'd have a real big problem. The biggest issue that I've got, most likely, is just the timing of it all. And... With the weed control, we want to get it done as quick as possible. So in a normal situation, that's what we're talking about. When we start talking Palisade, then sometimes that may end up being just a little bit later. So they usually talk Feeks 4 up to Feeks 7. So if you look on the label, that's really where you're talking about uh, adding that Palisade. So, no, I can understand why you'd want to tank mix them. I think it's probably going to be okay and uh, we'll, we'll see if we can find a little better answer for you.
10: So if there was a problem, do you think it would be more so of hindering the herbicide or more so of hindering the palisade?
1: My concern is, is crop injury. So I'm Trump not
10: just from yeah, the
1: combination. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not worried about yeah. killing the weeds I'm not worried about the Palisade Not working but could the Palisade not work as well because yeah. the Harmony Extra and PowerFlex are in there? Yes That's possible but I mean My bigger concern is I just don't want you To do anything to harm your wheat I mean it, it's normally right. a big deal To have a great, great wheat crop But this year it's really a big deal With the price <laughs> yeah. of wheat yeah. you, you don't want to yeah, cost right. yourself yeah. anything so yeah, anyway,
10: yeah. it's more than a happy meal this year. isn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, yeah. it's it's kind of exciting. And I know people like, especially in our region of the country have been depressed because, oh, it's been too wet to plant and it's so cold and all oh, the wind's blowing 50 miles an hour every day. But I mean, we got to look at what these crop prices are and I'm super yeah, excited yeah. for our farm this year and, and for yeah. everybody else out there, there's opportunity.
10: Yeah. There is, you know. I mean, the fertilizer prices are high, but they're tolerable when we have grain prices where they're at. Right, uh, yep. I thought about cutting that palisade in half. I remember it seems like I talked to a Syngenta rep one time, and he kind of said that, um, you know, do half now and then do half a little later. Exactly. Less injuries to the crop. And give a little bit better results. Yep.
1: So I think we might do that. Yes, I agree with that 100%. Yep, that's a good idea.
10: uh, It seems like I remember... Kip Cullers might have been on your program one time. He talked about making sure not to use palisade when it's, you know, like really cold temperatures. It can be hard on the wheat crop too, but I won't have that next week. We're going to be close to 80 next week. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, the weather looks a heck of a lot better next week. And I was just going to say, when you mentioned Kip, his definition of cold is a lot different than my definition of cold. He farms down uh, (laughs) way down in Missouri, (laughs) so (laughs) anyway. Yeah, yeah, right, right. All right, well, hey, Gordon, Gordon, thanks for the call. You bet, appreciate it. Yep, you bet. Come on.
0: All right, so we got Kelly on up in Western North Dakota, and Kelly, we got about a minute before the break, so maybe we'll get your question in, and then we'll answer it right after a break. But you're talking about a little burn down.
11: Yeah. Hey guys, say uh, I heard you giving Jeff the beatdown, so I wanted it on the action. <laughs>
1: so Perfect. You came to the right place.
11: <laughs> hey, is that Brian? Oh yeah. Yep. let's uh. I uh, know just briefly. So our our plan for our uh, pre-emerge burn down is Roundup with Latigo, and then we have a uh, high pH and uh, water on the farm with high mineral content. Yep. And we've been added adding different additives, including Absa 80. Lately, it's been a product called Hellfire, which I believe is yep. an AMDS. And I'm wondering if. Instead of doing all that, or in addition to, we should use sprayable AMS.
1: Okay. I'll tell you what. Uh, we got to take a quick break here, Kelly, but we will get right back to you on your question. You can hang with us if you would like. Otherwise, we'll answer your question either way right after this break.
0: Stay tuned. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio.
3: Here at Farm Shop MFG, we keep hearing from folks who've tried our germinators.
10: Yeah, I'm Wayne Bossman. I was very impressed. how They came up quicker, and they're just better stand, and we're really looking forward to using them this year.
3: See what others are saying at FarmShopMFG.com.
6: It takes balance to be successful in farming, because what you get out of it depends on what you put in, and Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us.
8: When you pull your side dress bar out of the shed, do you dread the time and expense of replacing worn colders and bearings? There's a better way. Hi, Greg Sauter, 360 Yield Center. 360 Wide Drop for side dress bars is a quick, low-cost upgrade that cuts maintenance costs. Plus, you're likely to get a yield boost from moving nitrogen from the middle of the row to the root zone. Save time, money, and boost yield potential with 360 Wide Drop side dress.
0: At AgPhD, we want to support anyone with a desire to learn more about agronomy. That's why we're devoting a full day, Saturday, June 25th, to the free AgPhD Scouting and Scholarships event. In-field sessions include a comprehensive guide to scouting, ways to improve soil and crop health, and how to best collect and manage on-farm data. Plus, we're giving away tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships to eligible attendees. So this is one event that you won't want to miss. Learn more and register for the AgPhD Scouting and Scholarships event at agphd.com.
1: Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here along with my brother Darren. live in the Morton studio today, just giving our callers a hard time about, you know, this and that. So if you want to join in, you can call in 844-44-AG-PHD. Got Kelly on from Western North Dakota. So Kelly, Darren and I were talking about your question during the break, and and just for our listeners who may have just joined us, you had said Roundup and Latigo, which is a combination of 2,4-D and dicamba, and you got hard water, and you were wondering if instead of running some of these different additives, you could just throw ammonium sulfate in there. But I want to stay step back for a second and ask you because I and maybe I missed this Uh-oh. did you tell us well what what are you burning down in front of what what crop are we talking about here
11: it uh Brian yeah it's in front of wheat
1: in front of wheat okay so spring wheat you're gonna seed this spring and you want to do this burn down okay uh yeah, yeah yeah see Brian most
11: of the time it's it's always spring wheat when I say wheat Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. And here's here's the
0: other catch, Brian. Kelly's probably going to tell you he's got to do this with an airplane because it's so wet up there. This way he can be out two weeks ahead of planting.
1: Well, it is western North Dakota where you had very droughty conditions last year, right? Indeed. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. what my concern is is 2,4-D and dicamba in front of wheat. And are we going to damage the wheat? So that's really what I'm worried about. So here's my big question. What are we trying to kill with that Latigo 2,4-D dicamba mix? What broadleaves do you have out there?
11: You know, so we're trying to get all our grasses with the with the Roundup. Round up, and yep. then the, your, your question for the broadleaves, you know, we have ALS-resistant kochia. Uh, later, we have hawksbeard, um, Russian thistle, Canadian thistle um you know full full house
1: yeah it's just the good news if there is any good news out of this The hawksbeard, the Russian thistle, the Canada thistle, none of those that I know of anyway are Roundup resistant. So the only big issue we've got is your kochia there. And so what I was curious about is why you wanted to run the latigo instead of, let's say, running Sharpen, because the Sharpen would also burn down the the kochia and all these weeds just as well, if not better, and there's no negative impact on the wheat, and it's going to give you some residual that can carry into the wheat and keep those weeds down. So i'm I'm just throwing it out there, something for you to at least consider. I'd, I'd take a look at what well, do you know how much is this latigo costing you per acre? You, any idea? I was gonna ask I,
11: have, I am not the decision maker on my farm and to call me a happy helper. <laughs> would be a stretch. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll, I'm just throwing it out there again, and for any of our listeners, I, I would just go back, and whoever the decision maker is, or the agronomist, or whatever, I just say, okay, what are we spending on this latigo here? And I, I'd look at sharpen as an alternative. An ounce of sharpen costs about four or five bucks, and two ounces going to co- cost you maybe eight to ten dollars, something like that. Personally, if it's me, I'm going sharpen rather than the latigo because it's going to be easier on the wheat, and I don't want to ding up my wheat at all because of my great price and you know i want to get the most bushels possible this year so back to your original question would i run ammonium sulfate instead of these other adjuvants would i do it yes i would Uh, that that's exactly what we do on our farm with Roundup is we use ammonium sulfate to basically treat the water and also help that Roundup work better. I'm not saying that some of these other sequestering agents couldn't do a slightly better job at sequestering your hard water ions, but to think that they're going to sequester the hard water ions and lower the pH and provide the nitrogen that the Roundup needs to work better um, there's nothing else that can match up with AMS when you look at all three things. So anyway, would I do that? Yeah. Yes. So my suggestion for you is this. At least whoever the decision maker is, say, you know what, would you be willing to on the next tank load, let's just try ammonium sulfate at 17 pounds per hundred gallons and let's see how that performs compared to the other stuff and then you got a comparison yourself, in your field, on your own farm, and then you go from there.
11: Okay. Yep, yeah, and that's <laughs> Um, exactly. I was thinking, I remember that's what the show says. And, uh, I, I kind of figured this out. There was an old paper from the NDSU extension service that had compared all these products. And I think this product health was in the AMDS. And the gist of this paper, if I understood it correctly, was that AMS performed better than all of these different products. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, it's pretty good. Uh oh, and you had one other quick question about uh a, about a anti-volatility agent or a, a nitrogen stabilizer?
11: Yeah, so uh I've I've talked to you guys before about you know I have some issues with some irrigation water on on some pivots. Uh, so what we did was we laid down about half of our ammonia in the form of urea in the fall. Okay. Um, i I know you guys are in guys in the fall, and so are we, but we just have urea okay so don't give me the beat down on that and then uh then we were we got a uh i believe like a twenty eight percent liquid fertilizer uh product to lay down the rest yep at least it's so it 's not agri liquid, but i think it may be Mincota. sure and and so we sprayed that out with like twelve gallon nozzles okay. and the what I'm happy to report is we actually use our variable rate technology. This is the first year on our farm where we have all three high-tech monitors working together to do this variable rate stuff. And so we did that, sprayed it down, and then we're there's a, a, going to be a time lapse about three days before we are planning on incorporating this, uh, you know, nitrogen with a, a pro till machine. Should have we used this? Uh, stabilizer or that's new to us we haven't been doing
1: this yeah okay so if you're gonna till it in within three days you don't have to worry about the volatility so I'm not worried about that part now if you said hey I want a different stabilizer that will help me against denitrification or, but in your country, you're so dry. I mean, I wouldn't worry about that yeah. much nor leaching. So, uh, nope. I think what you did is just fine. Hey, uh, Kelly, we got to get running. Thanks a lot for calling in today. Best of luck to you out there. Yeah, thank you much. Bye bye. You bet.
0: All right, Brian, get this one in from Randy wait, and wait, so... Wait, wait, wait we, Oh, I'm sorry, we got another lines. call. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I was all ready to jump into another question That's there, That's why I was telling we, K- John, we, we had to John. run. We got to no, 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 no. try to get one more oh call in goodness. before we're done. Sorry, John, I was about ready to jump into another question here, too. How are you doing today?
12: Oh, doing fine. Doing fine, Darren. Brian, thanks for getting me in here while it's raining.
1: Hey, I heard you had a Mother's Day joke, though. Can we get to that first?
12: Well, I was just gonna say because it's raining, the only thing that costs more than roundup these days is taking your wife out for Mother's Day for a Mother's Day brunch. So yeah, uh,
1: the the, the inflation be- is catching <laughs> all of us, isn't it? But the cost that's of not sure. but the cost
0: of not doing it, John, is even worse.
12: It's- is even worse that is very true too but yeah I, at least when it was dry and i was in the field i at least had an excuse so yep. but there's no excuses this year so anyway but yeah we're we're heading out uh, heading out to mother's say thank you to all the moms you're wonderful you're great we all love you but uh please pick a better restaurant than brunch
0: so <laughs> brunch I, is a killer <laughs> i agree <laughs> All right, All right, so, or, so what was your do question, John? It's
12: weekend when it's cheaper. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, guys, guys, Mike, real quick, you know, I always try to do a little bit of companion cropping just to do an experiment. And last year in Northern Illinois, I grew grain sorghum for the first time. And it was a very interesting experience. And what really hurt me was we were so cold. Uh, last year that it didn't really germinate until June, and it, it sat in the soil for way too long. And I really, really got hurt uh, with weed control. So I was almost tempted this year to try, just on 20 or so acres, of planting soybeans on 30-inch centers right now, yep. and then probably around you know the first part of June when it finally warms up again, splitting it with sorghum. What do you guys think about that? I tried doing it with wheat, and it did okay, um, but I thought maybe I'd get a lot better wheat control uh, with doing it on the bean side. And I know I'm not really going to hurt the beans that much because sorghum is taller than that when you're trying to harvest it. But uh, what do you think? Well, we
1: always are going to worry about trying to raise Two different crops in the same field the one crop becomes a weed to the other crop and it's also you don't have a lot of choice then in terms of what you use for herbicide or anything else so we I mean we just get concerned and if you say well I'm trying to do it without herbicide you know you certainly can I'm just I'm worried that the sorghum may end up hurting the soybeans but I appreciate what you said that hey I want to try this on a few acres we, we say all the time. I mean, some ideas sound maybe a little bit crazy up front, but maybe you'll stumble upon something that's amazing. So I don't know. We're, we're certainly curious how that turns out for you. Let us know later in the season.
12: Sounds good. All right. Thanks, all right, John. Thanks a appreciate lot, John. It. Really appreciate it. And yep. have a good Mother's Day. Yep.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, it's uh, another Farmer Friday in the books. Hopefully next week on Friday, it's, man, we got done planting. It was such a great week. It looks like we've got an opportunity for a good chunk of the Midwest to to actually get in there and get stuff done this week. So good luck to you and stay safe. Thanks for listening to our show today. and Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.